to Fresh Face Comics, the comic book podcast for our lifelong comic book reader, guides his friend through the world of comics for the first time. My name is Joey Morgan, the aforementioned lifelong reader. With me, as always, is Jacob Licklider, the aforementioned newbie. Do you think Professor X and Magneto had a secret love affair? I think it's very possible. Um, and joining us to talk about said secret love affair, despite the lack of Magneto this episode, is uh, is our friend Andrew, returning from uh, from our new Teen Titans episode. Welcome, Andrew. Welcome back, Andrew. Hey, hey. Magneto's always there. He's always watching. Absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, speaking on, I mean, like, so you bring up a secret love affair. We, look, know, that Pat- look, we know that Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen are in love with each other. Yes, so, yes. Like, I mean, look... <laughs> I don't think you can watch any of the X-Men movies with Stuart and McKellen and not come away with that reading. They just, yeah. um, just I mean, honestly, even, even McAvoy and Fazbender, <laughs> they're kind of there. Um, but yeah, we're talking about, uh, we're continuing our Marvel block today, uh, our third Marvel episode. Uh, we're reading our second mini block within the Marvel block. It's tough to describe. Um, we're just talking about The Uncanny X-Men uh, by Chris Claremont, uh, Volume 1. Uh, this covers uh, giant size X-Men number one and X-Men numbers 94 through 100. Um, and yeah, I'm very excited to talk about them today. And Jacob, I know you were really excited. I to was so excited. X-Men. Um, let's get into our non-spoiler discussion. Jacob, what is the first volume of the Uncanny X-Men about? Well, well, the good news is comics have progressed about a decade. Yep. So they're easier to read now. Shock of all shocks. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you're not written by Stan Lee. Um, <laughs> and the, but the X-Men was a team that ran for like 40 something issues. And then the book didn't get canceled, but it got delegated to just being reprints. Mm-hmm. I think it was like actually like 60 some issues that, that were original so, stories. And then it got, then it got, Uh, Yeah, so a bunch of issues, and then it's just reprints. Yeah. And, uh, well, then in the 70s, somebody at Marvel went to one Len Wayne and was like, hey, why don't we revive the X-Men with a whole new team and a whole new book? That book ran exactly one issue and then got canceled. You, Uh, it's so funny. You you, you talk about that origin story of of the of the book for, for the new x-men um it's it's very similar oddly enough to uh to the new teen titans origin story like yeah. how, how that came about to, to exist yeah. um which brings us also to why andrew is guesting on this episode once again because much in the way that uh i believe new uh, new teen titans is one of your favorite dc books uh this i believe is one of your favorite marvel books maybe your absolute favorite is that accurate Absolute favorite comic run of all time yeah Okay, that's high praise indeed. Um, yeah, yeah, I've, I've read a fair bit of it. Um, not as far as, you know, as the whole thing. Cause it, I mean, this is one of those of massive runs that's what? Ran- 17 years. 17 years? Yeah, so. 17 yeah. Years, yeah. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty big. Now, um, now, now, the first couple years of that, the book is on bi-monthly. And I yeah. will say, when you're starting the run, you can feel it's a bi-monthly book. Yeah. Like, in sort of a critical way, it genuinely feels so. Len Wayne writes Giant Size X Men, the quote unquote double length special. It's a. Uh, it's not, really like it's really like triple length, but uh, most of that when it was first published was taken up by reprints. Um, yeah, 
So um, it's really like what a 36, 38 page story, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's about about approximately double length of your standard issue. Mm-hmm. Um, not not quite. And then he had plotted out a, an issue two that then just got folded back into why don't we just keep, make the X Men book a new book? Um, keep the numbering from the reprints. So like X Men. 94 is the first original story in a very long time uh, for this particular title. And the title was every other month. And um, Len Wayne couldn't keep up. So they brought in a young Chris Claremont. Yes. V um, man. Um, Legend. Yeah, he's he's pretty great. Um, it's so interesting because did you re- ever ever actually end up reading his introduction? I did, and he is very harsh. He's so hard on himself. I don't know why. Um, it, it's hilarious because the Omni has an introduction for Volume One by Claremont and by Stan Lee. That's for and, Volume Two. Uh, no, no, so. no. Volume One has a Stan Lee introduction. Mm, uh, okay, written, written written like five years before the Claremont introduction and it's Stan Lee being like, this is amazing. Dear readers. I'm a salesman. (laughs) It's so funny that in Claremont's introduction, he's like, man, it's so wordy. It's such a wordy book. And like for us, we just came off of reading Stan Lee's Spider-Man. It's like, it's like, trust me, Chris, you're fine. (laughs) You are fine. You are fine. Don't have to worry. (laughs) You're you're not only sub Lee levels of wordiness, you're sub stern levels of wordiness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Claremont's is... narrative voice is much stronger than Lee's too. Oh, it yeah, is. It is absolutely. very strong. Yeah. Um, Actually, who is wordier, Lee or Stern, in your opinion, Jacob? Oh, Lee. Lee. Like, yeah, I agree. Uh, I think even just by word count per issue. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Literal. Just, just. Yeah, because Lee's just. I'm going to keep a sentence going, even though the art is doing the storytelling for me. Um. But yes, uh, so we introduce an all-new team, basically, with... The all-new, all-different X-Men. <laughs> yes, a great tagline. It's And what, this is the first, like... This is basically the first... <sighs> the first time, yeah. like, a team had been, like, fully reinvented in this way, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, because um, this predates New Teen Titans by, like... Almost Four a or five years. Yeah. It's uh, so uh, yeah yeah you're right yeah yeah because yeah, we're, we're we're seventy we're, we're starting in seventy five yeah yeah um and what's what's so interesting is that like this volume is basically basically the first full year of the run because it started in mid seventy five this volume goes till mid seventy six mm-hmm. and Claremont kind of has an uphill battle like. Oh, definitely. Yeah, like, he, he's a he's he's fighting quite a few things. He's fighting the bi-monthly schedule and he's fighting a very small page count for this book. A very small page count. And to add to that, his like his first issue is issue 94. Mm-hmm. He's got to sell, six you issues. Have to sell that as a starting point, pretty much. You got to sell that as a starting point and you got to make issue 100 big. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, uh, I will say the X-Men as a team I was actually quite familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, movies are popular. I'm assuming the movies are popular. Uh, the movies, as well as the uh, 90s animated show, um, which I, I never saw completely. You, I actually didn't realize you'd watched that. I'd watched it 
around the time the three of us first met. Like, oh, really? Okay. That far back. Wow, um, that's a while. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, that's a while ago. I don't remember yeah. it much. Mm. I know it's not I on have, Disney+. Plus. I highly recommend going back to it. Look, I, look we'll, we'll have, probably I, do a I, bonus episode I watched on watched the whole thing. I watched the whole thing last year. It's good. I just... It, it's... It takes quite some time to get going, in my opinion. But I know, Andrew, you're a big fan of it, right? Yeah, I love it. I think seasons one through three are probably, like, the, the strong point, like, the crux of the show. Mm. See, I, I really enjoy season four, actually. Personally. Which, what story was, like, the main plot in that? Uh, that was, um... Um, ah, what was it? I want to say it was, uh... Wasn't that one Dark Phoenix that they did? They did sort of a Dark Phoenix thing? I don't know. The whole episode numbering is different depending on where you look at it. So some things will say, oh, it was all in season three for the Phoenix and Dark Phoenix, and some split them to three and four. Mm, okay, so I think I think the way they have it on Disney Plus was uh, um, was that Phoenix, uh, Phoenix was season four, I believe. I want to say that's, that's okay. accurate. Or I, I could be totally wrong. Maybe it was season three that I'm thinking of. Mm, I don't know. Phoenix stuff really so, well. Someone will correct me. Someone will you. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, uh, shall we get into some Twitter questions? Yes, yes, yes. We uh, have, I, I, had, I have to choose choose this as our first one. Uh, from Pino Graham. At Pino Graham says, Is Nightcrawler sexy? I mean... Inquiring minds want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. Um, uh, I mean... <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I mean, what Nightcrawler? Are we talking about just comic Nightcrawler? That's a, a good question. Portrayal of Nightcrawler, because like the one is played by Alan Cumming. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, Andrew, anyway. thoughts on this? <laughs> well, see, here's the question: Does finding Nightcrawler sexy make one a furry? Because he calls himself blue and fuzzy, which implies there's hair all over. Ah, that is the question. That you know what this has raised a bigger question than I thought, and I'm yeah, not comfortable answering any of this. So we're going to move on. <laughs> this is going to go down a rabbit hole. Uh, but yep. the answer is is I think it's just an objective yes. Okay, fair enough. Um, our friend Kian at Kian the Quark says, "My favorite non-political comics." So true, friend. So so true. Yeah, no, um, no politics. I mean, actually, the early parts of the run are arguably like less political yeah yeah interestingly which i found interesting um mainly the first story i was i was kind of shocked at what giant size x-men number one is oh yeah yeah um but anyway um kian also says a favorite x-men costume and therefore the one you're most disappointed not being translated to live action (laughs) oh wolverine's orange and brown suit Ooh, I do like that. I do really, really like mm-hmm. that. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, I, I, honestly the, the storm costume from this from these early issues. Actually, I really oh, yeah, the storm costume's costume. great. Um, mm-hmm. I also think you could do something really fun with Nightcrawler's costume, like yeah, that's a live yeah. action. Yeah, uh, and making it work. I yeah. I there will that, say there's that beautiful shot at the end of Days of Future Past where they all have really great comic accurate costumes. And uh, <laughs> they just never come back in Dark Phoenix. It's it's fucking crazy. Or wait, no, no, no. Is 
Wait, no, they never come back in Apocalypse, I believe, right? Or no, no, sorry, that shot's at the end of Apocalypse, and they never show up in Dark Phoenix. Haha, I can I, remember X-Men movies. <laughs> I haven't actually seen X-Men Apocalypse. I have seen the original trilogy and Days of Future Past. And Wait, wait, you've seen Days of Future Past, but not First Class? Don't ask. Dude, First Class is literally my favorite X-Men movie. It's so I, fucking good. Look, people say it's great. I just never got around to watching it. It's I, got Kevin Bacon as a Nazi, man. Come on. I don't, uh, Well... I didn't know that. I knew Kevin Bacon was in it. Um, <laughs> I've also seen, you know, that one. No, oh, that uh, one could be a lot of X-Men movies, man. <laughs> oh, it's the first. X-Men Origins? Yeah, that one. Oh, okay. See, see, <laughs> see, for, see, for me, that one is The Last Stand. <laughs> hey, I love the, that movie. <laughs> no, The Last Stand is bad, Andrew. Fuck off. <laughs> no, it's good. My it's so bad. bad, but the movie's good. <laughs> No, it's so bad, man. Um, anyway, our next question comes from uh, Jamie at Jamie underscore season seven says if if Krakoa Krakoa I've I've never known how to pronounce this out loud actually. Andrew, oh, I want to say Krakoa. 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 Um, is the island that walks like a man. Who is the man who who is the man who, that walks like an island? To which Kian replied, "The Blob." Oh, I mean, I was gonna say Wolverine, going with the symbolic lonerness of his character. Did you just call me Blob? No, I said Bub, Bub. It's, just, it's fucking iconic. I love that scene. God damn it. Okay, uh, moving on to uh, Mason uh, at the GD256. Has a couple questions for us today. Says, uh, first one is uh, best and worst member of the team. Let's try to restrict it to just this volume, though I will probably allow some leeway for, leeway for Andrew, um, having no, knowing more of the run than either of us. You know who the worst is? Who's the worst? It's Thunderbird. Yeah. It's yeah. Thunderbird. Which <laughs> poor, is th- like, poor Thunderbird. It's a shame. <laughs> poor guy. Um, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not sure who the best is. Just from this volume, I think my favorite, ooh, probably, probably Cyclops, if we're just going by this first volume. I was going to say either Cyclops or Colossus. Mm, he, um, yeah, yeah, Colossus gets a lot of great moments in yeah, his early yeah. issues. Yeah. yeah. Um, Andrew? In these issues, I think probably Nightcrawler for favorite. He just has mm. a lot of standout moments. He's comic relief without being over the top. Mm. Or least favorite. In this volume specifically, probably Thunderbird. <laughs> Poor Thunderbird. <laughs> Poor dude. Poor oh, guy. What a, what a guy. <laughs> Oh, man. And that's all we could say without spoiling it, but just poor guy. Poor guy. Um, I blame Len Wayne, oddly enough. Which yeah, is... yeah. Um, more on that in spoilers. Uh, our second que- His second question says, uh, best and worst movie in the franchise, the worst, and you cannot fight me on this, is The Last Stand. I will fight you on this. It'll be X- it's X-Men Origins Wolverine. X-Men Origins Wolverine at least has some solid performances. Last Stand is so fucking bad, though. I also oh, have not seen Last Patrick Stand Stewart. in at least a decade. Wait, what so. was that, Andrew? CG Patrick Stewart. Your point's invalid. Uh, I, I'll take CG, CG Patrick Stewart <laughs> over uh, over that fucking terrible portrayal of Juggernaut. Not uh, the Juggernaut, bitch? True. Yeah, I'm the Juggernaut, bitch! <laughs> uh, oh, man. Um, my favorite, though, I, I already said this first class. Um, my favorite is probably Days of Future Past? Solid. Solid. Choice. I remember. I, I I will say a lot of the X Men movies I've only seen once or twice. Okay. Like, I know I've only seen Days of Future Past once, and I saw it in theaters. 
which was a very fun experience. And it's awesome. That, that that movie was so fun to watch just with people in a theater. Oh, so good. Yeah. Um, Andrew, your favorite? I'm pretend I don't have one, or you'll roast me. It's good. Your favorite is the <laughs> Dude, last stand. Please don't say it's last stand. I, I was like 11 or 12. It's what really pushed me into like my X Men phase. So yeah, Dude. I love that. <laughs> oh my fucking god! You know, Andrew. <laughs> You never <laughs> fail to disappoint with your takes. Oh man, oh, it just—it doesn't end. Okay, so what is your least favorite then? Is it Origins? I don't really have a least favorite because I haven't seen them all. I haven't seen Apocalypse all the way through, but that would probably be my least favorite of the ones I've seen pieces of. But I've not even touched Dark Phoenix. So. Okay, so I enjoy Apocalypse. Uh, you know, actually, there, there is there is a question about Dark Phoenix that Mason has here. Let, let, let me get to that quick. Um, one of those questions the further down says, which Dark Phoenix adaptation was better? I will honestly say Dark Phoenix is better than Last Stand. Um, neither of them are necessarily good, but I, I think Dark Phoenix is actually better than Last I, Stand. I, I, I have only seen Last Stand. From what I remember, the cartoon did Dark Phoenix well, I think. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I think. It's, 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 uh, it's, yeah, probably the best one of the... But the I Dazzle also haven't versions. read anything with, like, Jean Grey as Phoenix yet. Mm, that's true. I have a feeling it's coming. I have a feeling that that's what's going to be in it, volume it, two. It, it, is, it is indeed coming. Um, but yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, here's the thing. Just, I'm so done with the fucking Dark Phoenix adaptations, though. Can we just, like, do some new things? Like, I don't know. Yeah, like Grant Morrison stuff. Apparently do some Grant they, Morrison stuff. Apparently they have an X-Men run. Exactly. Morrison uh, brought Phoenix back, though, twice. <laughs> I did not know that. All right, then. See, I, we're, we're the one who did War Song and End Song. All right, then. Yes. Um, uh, let's see. One of Mason's questions here also says, uh, best and worst member to save you in a fight. <sighs> best and worst to save Worst to save you in a fight? Either um, either Thunderbird. I don't I like sh- shitting I on the guy. I think Cyclops is too emotionally yeah. unstable to save me in a fight. <laughs> uh, no, we can bond about our vision issues, Joey. Well, yeah, yeah, but can he save you in a fight? That's a good question. Um, I was gonna say, well, I was gonna either Thunderbird or what's his face. Don't say Banshee. Oh, no, 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 no. Do you mean Sunfire? Yeah, Sunfire. <laughs> I keep wanting to say Starfire, and I know that that's not right, because Starfire right. is the name of two Marv Wolfman characters. There, there are no Starfires here, but there are two star Starfires in DC. <laughs> yes. Um, um, and be- best to save me, I mean, depending on how much he likes me, I would say Wolverine. <laughs> um... Storm, though, is, is another... Storm and Colossus are, are, are up there, too. Storm, Colossus, and, and, and Wolverine is pretty much the trifecta of who you want to save. You Maybe Nightcrawler as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, get the team. This is a really fun team, though. Like, it's so good. Yeah. We've, we haven't even mentioned Banshee yet at all in this, but I love Banshee. Banshee, Banshee awesome. deserves, deserves more credit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Joey, have um, you ever read Generation X? Uh, I have not. Oh, it's where he really starts to shine. He becomes like a teacher and takes some kids under his wing. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I think um, I yeah. think Joey needs to add that to to his big Marvel reading list. I do. I do. I have so much Marvel stuff to read, and I'm just all, all I'm trying to really focus on right now is finishing Brubaker's Captain America, and it is so long. <laughs> ah. Um, yeah. 
but uh, anyway, Mason's last question, and as such, our last question for the episode. You uh, forgot one. Is, what? 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 You forgot. Kian did some stuff on Discord. Oh, fuck off with that. I'll bring that up afterwards. Mason's okay. last question says, should probably ask about the comic now. Um, did you like it? Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's good. It's good. good. Uh, very good. Very solid. It's got some problems. Some mainly because, as we mentioned, Claremont's kind of fighting this uphill battle through the entire thing. Yeah. And yeah. you can tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's he, he does a good job fighting that yeah. battle. Most stuff. Okay, fine. Kian's last thing that he sent over on Discord is just a series of the letters N and A, which I can only assume are meant to make the 90s X-Men theme. Yes, that, that's what he's doing. I, <laughs> I don't think there are a correct amount of them. In there, I don't think so either. Like... That doesn't really... It looks more like the Batman theme than it does the X-Men theme. <laughs> it does. It yeah. does. He's. I think he consistently either added or subtracted a couple of beats. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, all right. Uh, I guess is that, does that about do it for for our non spoiler discussion? I, I think it does. I what else should we add? Dave Cockrum's a fucking legend. We haven't mentioned him at all. Non spoilers. Um, yeah, he, he he does pretty much all the art in this first volume, and yeah, literally all the art in the first volume, and a um, decent chunk. Well, at least all the pencils in the first volume, and some of the inks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, he, and then I think he does most of the art in the second volume. Or a good half of it, at least. Uh, most of it, yeah. Yeah, the te- it, yeah. We're doing ten issues next time, so yeah, it's most of it. Then it's burn, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, burn. And there's actually also a guest yeah. pencil that I'm blanking on the name of in there. Um, but yeah, uh, all right. I guess that about does it for our non-spoiler discussion. As always, uh, we will leave links down in the description to um, our link trees, me and Jacobs. Uh, I don't know if Andrew, you have anything to promote for this episode, um, but I'm I'm sure if you do, I will have those down there. So. Um, Let's see. Uh, also, I will leave links to the books that we're covering on this episode and the next episode uh, down in the description uh, through Amazon links. Uh, probably mostly just going to be digital versions because they've done a really poor job of reprinting this. I'll also have the the omnibus uh, down there as well. Yes. Um, next time on the podcast, it's no no secret we're covering the second volume of the Uncanny X Men by Chris Claremont. It's issues one hundred one to one hundred ten, um, and yeah, that'll be next time. And then we'll be moving on to another uh, small portion of the marvel block so yes. yeah fun stuff uh all right shall we get into spoiler yes! territory friends let's let's do this um so this is giant size x-men number one with such a lovely cover i love it it's so nice i, I mean it's it, it's fascinating because it's almost doing a riff on the detective comics 38 cover in oh way. yeah yeah, yeah. With everybody with with our old guard in the background with the new team coming uh, just bursting through. I'm guessing paper. I don't and, know. Like, I think and that, and that bastard idea. Cyclops gets to be there twice. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Yes. And I'm the guy who noticed that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. But this cover is um, so iconic. They've redone it countless times for different storylines and stuff. Yeah. Um, Cyclops just couldn't. Like, he only has one eye, so he has to have two eyes on there somehow. Like, yeah, yeah. Twice. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Anyway, um, let's get into this, shall we? Um, so yeah, we, uh, we we open up here. We get a, after a nice opening splash page. Uh, our first character that we decide to focus on is Nightcrawler, um, yes. which is great. Which me and Jacob both agreed on. We're reading in the voice of Liam O'Brien doing a, yeah. a German accent. Yeah. So it's just 
can't do much about it. It just happens. And also, I've just been watching a lot of Critical Role lately, specifically Campaign 2, where Liam is literally playing a German guy. So Who is, who is basically Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler was a wizard. Yeah, yeah. So And less Catholic. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um. <laughs> anyway, um, it, it's a great character introduction. Like He's being chased down by this mob um, before he meets up with... Um, uh, Charles Xavier, who is uh, recruiting people for this new team. Um, I don't know. I just I, I love this first scene. It's great. I, I think um, it's a great it's a great layout of the state of mutants in the Marvel universe, circa nineteen seventy five. Yeah. And being um, like for for a lot of people, like you know, this is like the introduction to the X Men. Like it's it's a it's a really striking first scene to to open up on. Um, yeah, with someone who looks like a demon getting burnt. And then a bald man showing up and being like, I am here to save your life. I am Patrick Stewart in a wheelchair. Do you, um, <laughs> uh, do you know the, the the cool little behind the scenes thing with uh, Nightcrawler and DC Comics? I, I do not. What, what is uh, this? It's uh, so the um, Dave Cockrum uh, basically had the character design of Nightcrawler before anything else. Um, and there was a, a, a DC book uh, uh, that was supposed to be a spinoff of, uh, of Legion of Superheroes called The Outsiders, which has been repurposed since. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so as, uh, as one of the characters for The Outsiders, Dave Cockrum drew this cover for it and Nightcrawler was on it before, uh, before being transferred over to the X-Men uh, when that version of The Outsiders sort of fell through. Um, and so yeah, he was originally supposed to be a DC character, uh, at least in design, and uh, here he is now. So I don't know if you can tell, because, I mean, I don't know. First off, I love that the character designs here are so colorful and oh yeah and vibrant yeah. and mm-hmm. play with interesting colors um also it's nice to have uh, some recurring characters who aren't just in green after two yep. episodes of spider-man <laughs> yeah um, yep <laughs> um, uh, case in point we meet our next x-men x-man then uh wolverine who uh who was not a brand new character for this book uh unlike a lot of the characters that are being introduced here um but uh, so at this point, were they still going toying with the idea of Wolverine's past being he was an actual Wolverine that mutated into a human? Uh, yeah, I hint hints to that later on in this volume. Yeah, because because there are hints where it's like he's not actually human, and like they were <laughs> they were gonna make <laughs> him an they're, actual. They're, they're, gonna, they're gonna start rectifying that in the in the in the second volume, which is really nice. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of here. <laughs> Um, yeah, Wolverine he's also being... against every Canadian stereotype, and he is a mean Canadian. He's so good. <laughs> I love him. Um, the anti-Canadian. The anti-Canadian. That should be his new name. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he meets with uh, Charles Xavier, who who recruits him as well for his X Men, and uh, uh, we go into our. Well, what I actually really like here, actually, is is a Wolverine is like pretty much like leaving one organized group that he works for for another um and uh but this this or this organized group promises one job and you can be free basically mm -hmm. um um it's fun i don't know it's just because because you know as all good wolverine writers should they write him as really aggressive and not a team player but here he is switching from one team to the next um it's funny i mean it's Uh, also so clear that they don't have the characterization of wolverine like a hundred percent formed yet like mm-hmm. like you can see the character there but what, at this point he would have had had what like a handful of appearances maybe mm-hmm. mostly like, I believe in Hulk. yeah 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, then in a really quick scene, Xavier recruits Banshee, which is just really well, funny. It's just, well, it's just two panels. Well, because Banshee was a character that everybody should know from the reprints. Exactly. You don't need to properly introduce him, despite <laughs> the fact that we just gave two whole pages to Wolverine. Yeah, we, <laughs> we've gave two whole pages to Wolverine, um, who, you know, is a returning character. But a nice one, two, three. Three pages? Yeah, three pages to Nightcrawler. Yeah. And, and then, then we get a little then we get like page and a half for, for Storm. For Actually, Storm? No, pretty two pretty much two full pages, which is nice. Yeah, two, two pages um, for Storm. I will yeah. say, I will say, I will say, it's so nice coming back to comics that don't just do uh page the standard like six panels per page like 60s comics did yeah it's it's really really nice the layouts are actually different and fun and dynamic um and cockrum i i I love storm's introduction just on an art level cockrum does so many great things in in these first couple pages with her it's so good i mean introducing all the new team i think cockrum more so than wayne just through the art tells you a lot that you need to know about these characters Mm-hmm. Just through the art. Um, Wayne's obviously doing, you know, his, he's Len Wayne. He, he's going to do a good job with characters anyway. It's kind of what he does. Um, uh, but like Cockrum, just as an artist, puts in a lot of personality, especially to the Storm sequence, especially to the Nightcrawler sequence. Yeah, um, yeah. The characters then, that are that are new and important and are going to be like really important going forward. And then, <laughs> conversely, we get introduced to Sunfire. Um, oh, again, <laughs> two panels. <laughs> two panels. Well, it's because um, he was a minor antagonist before. What was he an antagonist in, actually? I don't know. He was the very minor antagonist in like two or three issues of X-Men in the least, uh, or after Lee left, actually, but before the before oh, okay. the reprints. Oh wow! Okay, oh, so I didn't know that. So he was. Oh, he is there. He's. I'm gonna say it. He's one of the weak points of the book. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, partially because, um, obviously, Len Wayne wrote wrote this first issue thinking it was going to be a series of big thirty to forty pages. Mm-hmm. And that just doesn't happen. And then it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Apparently. Yeah. So, so like the, the, the planned out, like issue two of giant size X-Men got like, got like, you know, uh, moved to being like the first two issues of, of Claremont's actual run. Um, But yeah, but they did actually eventually release a giant size X-Men number two, because I believe it was already solicited. And that is also just a series of reprints. And that's all it is. Um, Marvel, it's, why? It's uh, they, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I really don't. Who was, but who on was the, the editor on Giant Size? Who was the editor on this? Who do we have to blame for this bullshit? It better not be Wolfman. It's not Wolfman. Uh, uh, oh, there's no editor listed. <laughs> oh, it's apparently Len Wayne. We have Len Wayne to blame. Oh, okay, thanks. No, <laughs> I think we may have to blame Len, blame Len Wayne's superiors. It's all right. <laughs> um, what were you we going to say, Andrew? Sunfire. On the topic of Sunfire, you guys know what he ended up doing in the comics, or are you? I, I don't actually know. He ended up founding the Big Hero Six. Like, oh, what the really? Yeah. Huh. They retconned okay. him out of the movie. They changed it so they weren't mutants. But yeah, it was called Sunfire and the Big Hero Six. Damn. Okay, then. That's that's, that's interesting. So I haven't seen insane. the movie. I'll I'll be fully honest. Um, oh. It's a great time. I, I have been told it's a great time, but also I just haven't watched it because 
too many movies, too little time. So um, many yeah. movies. And also it's spooky season. We don't have time it, for Big Hero 6. It is, it is spooky <laughs> oh, season. Man, it's yes. terrifying. <laughs> true. So true. Um, we then go over and meet just one of the best characters in these early issues. Um, uh, Peter Rasputin. Colossus. Um, and this is, an, so this is such an interesting choice for a character, right? Like, mm-hmm. like okay, I get we're in the mid-70s, so we aren't at the height of the Cold War anymore. But we're still in the fucking Cold War. Yeah, <laughs> like... the Soviet Union's still a thing. We mm-hmm. are in between the second Red Scare and the hell that is Reagan's presidency in the 80s. So mm-hmm. we're, you know, we're in the middle. We're And we are immediately post-Nixon um, politically, because, yeah, this is 75. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I love though about all this, like the char- all the characters that are being intru- introduced to, though, like almost none of them are just straight American superheroes. Like Wayne is introducing a diverse cast of characters in more oh, ways yeah. than one. The only American superhero on this team in this book is Cyclops. Yeah, like, they're literally the only one. Um, uh, like, like really I guess the cool. closest you get is Banshee because he's introduced as being in America, but he's. He's, he's, he's Irish. Yeah. He's Irish. He's Irish. Yeah. As you can tell, if you couldn't tell by by the phonetic speech bubbles, <laughs> um, and, yeah, and, and and the stereotypes, yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, there's also something so interesting. I think almost set up here is that like being a mutant in Russia would be as different than being a mutant in America, at least subtly implied um like it doesn't quite feel um you know li- like 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 peter believes that his power belongs to the state and you know not to the goodness of others but and and xavier doesn't tell him he's wrong mm-hmm. he just tells him no you belong to like the world as a greater yeah. whole yeah. um uh and he, you know, says goodbye to his parents and leaves the Soviet Union, um, which I think is is hilarious. Also, he's introduced saving someone from being run over by a tractor, like like, like a legend. <laughs> like that he tells you a lot about who this character is going to be. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but then we meet <laughs> the we man, have... the myth, uh... the legend, John Proudstar. Yeah. Thunderbird. <laughs> Which, okay, I get it. <laughs> You're trying to be diverse, Len. And uh, a little bit of Dave here. Dave? You, 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 and uh, who colored this? Who colored this? It, who do it's I really the colorist we have to blame. Like, it's... Yes. it's, it's uh, oh, Gl- Glynis Wayne. It's not necessarily... Oh, no. <laughs> it's Len. It's Lennon. Lennon, his wife. Um, oh, no. Okay, you know, I wasn't... I was I was going to say we don't really have Len to blame as much for this, but no, I, I guess we do. Um, so, uh, D- Dave's innocent. <laughs> Dave's innocent. Dave seems to be innocent. He's... He's drawn red... I mean, okay, the the way the character is written isn't... It, it's clearly an racist. attempt. It's an attempt to yeah. write a complex But also native... this isn't a time when, like, oh yeah, they're like, oh, we're gonna make a Native American character. Let's color him fucking red. Like, yeah. like a dumbass, you and, know? And like, let's, 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 let's have him refer to himself as a slur. Yeah, it's just, like, it's, it's, like it's a thing. It's a thing. In a way, spoilers... I'm really happy that Thunderbird gets killed off very quickly. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, and <sighs> this character could be interesting and fascinating if this concept of a sensitivity reader was a thing in 1975 mm-hmm. and someone could tell them what to adjust. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause you know, yeah, it's... this is a, he's introduced as a man full of anger for, you know, the American government that's essentially oppressed his people for hundreds of years. Like, there's a righteous not, not, anger a hor- not a horrible idea for the basis of this character. Um, and, and in a book of the X-Men, which has, you know, even by this point, while I know people don't, I don't know if it's apocryphal that Lee made the X-Men to be a sort of a racial allegory. By this point, there was, you know, the obvious racism allegory uh, throughout that first run, most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so making like the X-Men, this this almost Star Trek type lineup of, of truly diverse characters um, was, was both feeding that, that, that message in a really meaningful way. Uh, and also just introducing readers to this type of cast of characters in comics. That was very uncommon at the time. Oh, very uncommon. Cause what you, this was only on the time where you really started even seeing like non-white superheroes in. Yeah. Sort th- th- of this, this was right around the exact same time that, uh, that black Panther and Luke Cage, you know, got, got their books and, and got really big. Um, <clears throat> Luke Cage was created, I think like the same year that this started, or maybe like a year before. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an important time and having this cast of characters is really important. Um, but however, <laughs> we get into like chapter two of giant size X-Men number one, um, where you see this big lineup of the team and you just, you can immediately tell first off by knowing the cultural status of, of the important X-Men, um, of just who's not going to stick around here. And also you can tell that Len Wayne has just absolutely loaded this team with way too many characters, way too many people, because because we find out what the plot of this book actually is. Because, like, we are... Because <laughs> if you think this is a lot of characters, there are about to be way more. <laughs> way too many for one book. And Len Wayne then is just like... And then Len Wayne just dips and gives it to Claremont. Yeah. <laughs> I like um, to think he was hiding from the responsibility of writing 13 main characters. Right? <laughs> right, right. Well, he had, he had to go create Swamp Thing or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's exactly what he went to do. He's just like, good luck, buddy. I'm out of here. Oh, man. Um, we also get a reference to the Fantastic Four, which kind of gave me war flashbacks. I'm oh, like, no. oh, Jacob, no. I, get, we're, I, I, I finished rereading volume two today. It's going to get worse. Oh, they're going to show up again, aren't they? <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> it you, know, you know, I didn't have a prejudice against the Fantastic Four before we started Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> it's now kind of happening. Yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> it's all Stan Lee's fault. Yep, most definitely. Um, but yeah, so... Um, first off, I know like some of these costumes like will get adjusted like colossus's costume is the big one that gets like adjusted so he's not like kind of shirtless yeah it's it's a weird costume <laughs> um yeah there are uh, some minor adjustments you can see here that are that are to come <clears throat> but uh but yeah we learned the 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 new x-men's mission uh which is to find the old x-men <laughs> because they've disappeared um cyclops is here to lead them into battle we learned the uh the the story of how they got lost um 
<clears throat> do we actually learn Krakoa's uh, name here? Yeah, we do. Okay, yeah, we do. We do, um, yeah. Yeah, they all went to this island. Uh, si- uh, they, they all were captured, uh, and Cyclops uh, was like... I, I mean, this specific team is Cyclops, Iceman, Jean Grey, who... What's Jean Grey's code name? Uh, Mar- Marvel, Marvel Girl? Girl. Yeah, Marvel Girl. Yeah. Because, you know, Stanley had, like, two ideas. Um, Stanley cannot <laughs> write women to save his goddamn life. Um, <laughs> so Marvel Girl, Angel, uh, um, La- Lorna Dane, who does not have a proper character name yet, I believe, at this point yet. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, Havoc, uh, who is Cyclops' brother. Um, and, that, and that's the team. It's not a horrible lineup, but, I mean, you know, once again... Cultural osmosis will tell you that you're not going to know half of these guys eventually. (laughs) I'm I'm glad they're not in the uh, like classic X Men uniforms from the 60s. Yeah, yeah. onesies, little onesies. Because I don't like those designs. I like when you go crazy, colorful, and individualistic for characters. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But yeah, so uh, so all the X Men got uh, captured while they were on Krakoa. Um, Cyclops was the only survivor. He went back to Xavier. Told him what happened. And, he, he, uh, he, there's this amazing panel of him waking up with this, uh, with his, you know, entire with his suit ripped, and his eyes are uncovered, and he's not like, like projecting his optic blasts as he. And should you just be. see these terrifying red eyes. It's really good. It's just <laughs> haunting. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Um, and yeah, so uh, so now Cyclops is here to lead the new X Men to go find the old X Men and. That's the plot. <laughs> um, and whatever mutant defeated them. Ooh, it's... mystery. And you know what? You know what? For a big book that's going to be a special double, basically a special double length story. Every, maybe, every, maybe every other month, if this was going to be published bi-monthly. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 not a... Len, it's not Len Wayne's most inspired idea for a plot, but I mean, like it's, it's simple enough that you can get people on board with it. it Unfortunately, it, it, even if it is like way too stuffed with characters. Yeah. And you know what? I would say it, it, if it stayed in the giant size format, it probably wouldn't feel nearly as stuffed. Possibly. Like, like I don't know. I, I, I have a feeling that what happens at the end of issue 95 with so many characters leaving probably wouldn't have happened nearly as like wouldn't have happened in the same way had they yeah. stuck with this format because yeah. you would have more time mm-hmm. um, and you wouldn't have been allocated to the book. Um, I will say now we actually really get our first time of like team dynamics and I how dysfunctional the first thing that they decide to do is Sunfire is like, I will have no part in this fool's errand and he leaves the <laughs> team and then he's back, not just the next page, but the very next fucking panel, <laughs> um, he comes right back. He's like, you know what? I'll help you guys anyway. And then he's here for the rest of the story. It's it's really fucking weird. I think, I think it's implied. I, I like to believe that that Charles Xavier was like, nope, I'm mind controlling you. You, you, <laughs> you, you, you you're gonna help me. Because <laughs> yeah, Charles Xavier's kind of a dick. As yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you guys aware of like the mid two thousand story that recontextualizes this one? Uh, what's it called? Not. It's called like Deadly Genesis or something. I think I've heard of it. Don't know. Yeah, I'd recommend that. looking into it because it's very... it shows Xavier's really dark side. Hmm. Cool. 
But uh, let's see. Then we get into sort of chapter three of Giant Size X Men: Assault Force. Um, as uh, as we as we arrive on Krakoa, um, they're, uh, they're, the team's going to split up and pair off. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so we have uh, Colossus and Storm coming in from the north, Wolverine and Banshee from the east, Sunfire and Nightcrawler uh, from the south, uh, Cyclops and Thunderbird from the west to search. So you know they split up, and it's 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 nice. It's nice. It's nice to sort of pair these characters off and allow some of those nice little interactions. Mm-hmm. Um, especially as, as well as like these nice little scenes where they, they literally get attacked by the island. It's fun. Yes. Yeah. Turns out the island is alive. Yes. Um, and also there are giant crabs. There are giant crabs. Just giant crabs. <laughs> I am. Um, I might have in my notes made two Doctor Who references. Uh, Macra and... Keys of Marinus. Ah, uh, okay. All right. I was trying to Because of the, the screaming one. jungle yeah. and the temple. Look. Yeah. I'm nothing if not predictable. <laughs> um, but yes. Um, and I, I don't know. I really like the dynamic between Storm and Colossus. Like... Oh, yeah. yeah they, they, they really have one of the, one of the best, like connections in the team yeah and then banshee and wolverine are just <laughs> wolverine paired up with pretty much anyone on this team early on in his characterization here is is really really fun he's just yeah. he's an unrepentant asshole and that's like just it shouldn't be fun to read but it is it totally is um but yeah so people are attacked by giant crabs uh nightcrawler and sunfire are attacked by birds uh um, then they find this temple where they they break into it through with Colossus and Cyclops and, and they break into this temple and they find the, the original X-Men uh, unconscious inside of this living island as, as Krakoa then literally gets up and is a creature himself. And, and, and of, course, so of, course, cool. of course, Scott Summers immediately goes to the helpless damsel in distress that is Jean Grey. Yep. And, and, and grabs her. Yep. Um, but yeah. Turns out the the island is alive. It's a mutant. It's Krakoa, the island that walks like a man. Um, and as we uh, as we rescue the original X Men from inside the island, we begin to fight off Krakoa together. Um, and it's a fun fun little action sequence. It's nice. It's um, nice. Actually, Cockrum plays around with some of the layouts here that I really enjoy. Um, yeah, it's just fun stuff. Yeah. I enjoy it. Oddly um, enough, it gives both teams a chance to sh- at least show off their powers. Mm-hmm. Um, it it turns out that Krakoa was using Cyclops. Let Cyclops go just to lure them there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, um, the solution involves everyone running to the beach, and then the island lifts up and creates a whirlpool. Mm-hmm. So are, that are you, are, are you dealing with some sirens outside of your house right now, Jacob? Uh, yeah. Can you hear that? Yeah, a little uh, bit. It's all right. We can. We can. We can just give it a second. We can make a small cut. Nah, here. they'll pass. They'll pass. Okay. <laughs> Screw it. Um, but yeah, the island uh, is literally lifted up. Then, and they, uh, our, our teams together, make their escape. 
And Len Wayne literally writes out the uh, writes into the dialogue the giant problem he has created for Claremont. What are we going to do with thirteen X Men? I don't know, Len. Yeah. What is what is Christopher Claremont going to do? <laughs> I like to believe that that last line is Claremont asking Len, and Len's just writing it down like <laughs> solid gold to end the issue. <laughs> well, because then the teaser blurb for the next issue is we'll find out next issue when the Doomsmith strikes. <laughs> Good and luck, there is Chris. no next issue. Nope. The book the changes. Issue, the next issue is, in fact, X-Men number 94. The all-new, all-different all X-Men. X-Men. Um, so, yeah, so this I was... This the, is, is this the first appearance of that logo? I think uh, it might be. Mayhaps? Because Giant Size has a very different logo. Yeah. It's just a, a straight-on text. Maybe. Uh, I mean, this is like the X-Men logo that we yeah. see here. Yeah. Well, because I know the original 60s logo was literally just in a kind of generic font, the X-Men. Uh, uh, but yeah, so this because is Stanley. Because Stanley and Jack Kirby, well, Jack, yeah, it was Jack Kirby on that book. Yeah. So, so it, at least it looked good. Uh, but yeah, so this is X-Men number 94. Yes. And, and I will say, I will say, I was kind of surprised that Magneto does not show up in any of these issues. He does not. He does not. Um, I mean, you know, not a huge issue. It's all right. Um, yeah, but, I don't know. It, it's, I, 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 just, I, just, I don't know. I don't mind it. I mean, um, he's, he's the iconic X-Men villain. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get, we'll get, you know, there, there are. Despite what pop culture X Men things may have you believe, there are more X Men villains. Oh um, yes, yes, there yeah. are, including yeah. literal demons. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, right away, Chris Claremont is is cleaning house uh, with uh, writing out Sunfire, which makes it so funny in context. Like with with Giant Size X Men number one, Sunfire is just constantly going through this crisis of like wanting to be a part of this team and not wanting to be a part of it. <laughs> so now he leaves like for good now. He's done. Like he's just, he's just gone. Um, I, in my notes, I said this feels just like an overly massive D and D party where the, uh, the the DM could not tell one of any of the people who wanted to play no. Um, yeah, yeah, pretty much. And uh, and so now he just has to like slowly start writing people out. Um, and so yeah, uh, Sunfire is our first victim of this, pretty much. Um, uh, yeah. We then get this great scene then where um, we, st- uh, where, you know, the whole team begins bickering amongst each other um, uh, immediately followed by the rest of the original X-Men leaving the mansion, um, including Jean Grey for now, um, which is, which is uh, interesting. Cause I'm assuming, you know, this is another one of those characters that like people think of like, you know, Oh yeah. Jean Grey, like Phoenix is like part of the X-Men. Um, yeah. She's, she, they, they write her out and all the original X-Men. So now the team is, you know, all of our new characters that were added to the team, plus Cyclops. Plus um, Cyclops. Well, also, I love Wolverine's reaction to, to, to Jean Grey's, we've all grown up, we're not kids, we need to live our own lives. Yeah, just do us a favor and spare us the soap opera, huh? Like, <laughs> oh, I love him. He's so good. Yeah. But, uh, um, but yeah, we bid farewell to the, to the old X-Men, and... Um, Cyclops welcomes our new team to uh, uh, to this uh, room. That did they, did they actually name it the name it the danger room yet? They it's on the oh, door. They, oh yeah, 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 it's in big red letters on the door. Duh. The danger room. The danger. Um, room. I will say, Jean's final exit. I, I, she's just in this in this hat. And yeah. Like 
this ridiculous hat and while Cyclops is still in costume. Yo, I don't think do we see Cyclops out of costume anytime never, in this volume? Uh, oh, maybe no. once in the Christmas There's issue. Christmas one, right? Yeah. 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 There's like there, there are also a couple great. scenes. What's up? Oh, I was just going to say, I think these panels right here is to show the contrast between them. He's so fixated on the team where she just wants to live a normal life. So she's dressed like a normal person and he's in costume. Mm-hmm. Which, which is which is really cool. But also, I just I think it's really funny that she's dressed like a soap opera character. Yeah. And also, I just like the idea that Scott just like exclusively wears the Cyclops outfit in day to day life. He has like no honey. The mask stays on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, we uh, we we do our danger room training. Uh, Thunderbird do... is like, oh, this is this is this is an empty room. Nothing's gonna, you know. It's like, oh, just we just gotta walk in and out. Cool, I'll do that. Walks like one step in and gets thrown out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because Charles Xavier has a torture chamber underneath his school for gifted youngsters. As you do, as you do. Um, days, nay, weeks pass as uh, as we train in the danger room, and our team becomes a team, and it's. I'm not gonna lie, it feels a little cheap. The fact it is that under, it is an under. Okay, the art of the montage is very good. It's it's like, such a great page. It is I a great love page. That page. Yeah, um, but, but this it does team feel a little is not cheap a team yet. Yeah, it, it, it's a shame that we don't actually like see the team develop their skills together in real time. And um, part of me is wondering because I know that Wayne like had the plot for these two issues, and I'm I'm wondering if because he thought it was going to be longer because. For whatever reason, the normal X-Men book book only has like 18 to 20 pages per issue instead of the standard it, it, at the it time. Becomes a pre- it becomes a pretty regular 17 pages towards the end of the volume. Yeah, it's yeah. they they're short. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm just wondering if maybe this was meant to go on a little longer than just one page, but. Yeah, because, I mean, even 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 if it was like a couple more pages, like I, I don't know, it, it's, part of it just still feels a little cheap. That like we don't like see this team dynamic develop through actual missions they go on together. Yeah, um, yeah. But anyway, uh, Thunder Thunderbird shows himself to not be the greatest team player through all this. He gets into a fight with Cyclops and Xavier, um, and uh, yeah, we then uh, we then go into our. Main plot for what it would have been Giant Size X Men number two, which is just furries, it seems. Um, there are these bird, monkey, and cat people. Well, no, humanoids. So, so what happens <laughs> is underneath a mountain in Colorado, there is there is a base for. Uh, for the NORAD War Room, which receives a large red button in the mail. <laughs> and they're like, let's just fucking press it. Because it literally says press me under it. <laughs> with, with, with Alice in Wonderland logic. It's so good. It's like, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, this is probably just a joke. We'll just press the button. And surprise, it, unleashes it releases... The it releases these man-animal hybrids from somewhere. Um, and, like, people come in with guns and are beaten. And then out walks a Victorian gentleman called Count Nefaria. Who, uh, I can't help it, I was reading with the voice of Roger Delgado. Oh, good! I'm not the only one! Yes. Oh, seriously? 
I had it in my notes. notes. I had it in my notes. Roger Delgado looking motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote Dollar Tree Roger Delgado. (laughs) Nice. Oh my god, I love that this is the singular mindset we all have. (laughs) (laughs) We share one brain cell. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Count Nefaria, Nefaria, however you want to pronounce it. Our first, um, our first proper villain. Hey, and hey, they fought a fucking island last time. Our this second is our, this is our villain. second villain, yeah. <laughs> um, he, uh, we find out, so, once again, we have a great editor's note, because um, he, he gives his backstory, it's like, you know, uh, these fools thought me defeated, destroyed, when my assault on Washington failed those many months ago. Way back in episode number 22 and 23, long ago led, which is <laughs> a great editor's note. Um, uh, yeah, so, yes, yeah, so, uh, this guy's faced the X-Men before, but of course not these X-Men. No, um, but he he also, the furries, he created the furries. Yes. He created the furries. Um, which is also a Roger Delgado-ass scheme. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, um, <laughs> I can I can imagine this guy also doing like specifically Roger Delgado pseudonyms, not Anthony Ainley pseudonyms, but Delgado pseudonyms. Like, yeah, yeah. He, this guy could pose. As, this guy could pose as as, as Professor Nefarious or yep. yeah, or yeah. <laughs> not that, nice that's his real last name, Nefarious. <laughs> um, um, anyway, anyway um, God is yeah. depressed. Yes. As um, as one is when you know your 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 girlfriend leaves you, um, you you mope you mope in your fucking X Men outfit. Um, she leaves you because you won't take off the goddamn costume, and so then you brood while you're still in the fucking costume. Um, but Nightcrawler is there to give some encouragement. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then they get a they 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 uh they become aware of Count Nefaria's uh nefarious scheme um and uh they decide to do something about it after getting a call from uh from beast who is part of the avengers currently um which is okay i'm gonna be that feels weird to me like (laughs) any sort of crossover between the x-men and the avengers because like that's because in film they've been separated for so damn long that's true even outside of film just the status of mutants feels like they should be separated from like regular superheroes if that makes sense but that's the thing is like the x-men are such a massive cornerstone of the marvel universe because mutants are such a big human race spanning concept uh for the marvel universe um so yeah i don't know just yeah it makes sense (laughs) um when you're actually reading them as part of the same shared universe movies and not (laughs) spread across three different companies yeah exactly but Anyway, um, so yeah, so we go uh, we go out on this mission to stop Count Nefaria, um, and the uh, uh, the U.S. government is going to like shoot them down. It's like no, we're 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 on a mission. We're responding to the Avengers' call. It's like, well, who are you, Iron Man, Cap? It's like, no, sir, the Avengers couldn't make it. We're the X Men. Um, and then you know Scott gets called a slur. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Which happens a lot in this book. I mean, yeah. Um, Are you referring to the way they consistently refer to Wolverine? Yes. Okay, yeah. That's, 
Yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, so yeah, they are they are attacked. These uh, these missiles come flying at the uh, at the jet they're in, um, which eventually blows up, and they go tumbling out of the sky, and that is where the issue ends, um, bringing us into X Men number ninety five, which I love that even in the mid seventies they had to be on the cover. Like, no, seriously, someone's dying this time, guy. <laughs> there is going to be a death. It is going to happen. Also, I will say, I, I obviously get why the last issue had such an abrupt ending, but again, this is one of those things where you can really tell that Claremont is having this uphill battle of yeah, yeah. dealing with um, a limited page count and having to then tell Len Wayne's story over two issues. Yeah. Um, it does, however, cause us to get this great splash page at the start of uh, issue number 95. Also introducing our new editor for X-Men, Marv motherfucking Wolfman. (laughs) Yeah. um, It's so funny that like, you know, these books are, are so, I think linked in the public conscious, you know, you know, just like, it's Teen Titans and X-Men. They're the, the big teen drama books of, uh, of the, uh, of, of DC and Marvel. Um, And the fact that they literally crossed over in staff uh, so much is, is is really, really interesting. Never mind Um, that this team is not teenagers. Like, but like that's who this book was totally marketed oh towards, it's a marketed you know? the more mature team. side of marvel readers which yeah teenagers in the 70s basically teenagers in the 70s <laughs> yeah um it's cool it's just it's cool that it worked out that way i, I mean it. it probably helps that we are squarely in the bronze age of comics like mm-hmm. we are squarely out of the silver age so we can do some dark stuff like kill an x-men yeah for reals these guys <laughs> and uh this is one that actually sticks yeah, uh, yeah, because Until well, also, a few years I mean, ago. What was that, Andrew? Until a few years ago. Yeah, so I, <laughs> um, I, I saw something about that. I don't want to believe it, but I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> um, was it bad? Probably. Oh, no. <laughs> um, <sighs> I've heard so many mixed things about current X-Men comics. I've heard I, so I many mixed things about current here. Marvel comics. I have I, I have an uncle, the, the, the same uncle that loves loose cannon. Um, uh, that, that that's a big X Men reader, and just I don't know, they, they always just sound so disappointed with current X Men comics. It's so that, sad. Is he not into the Krakoa stuff, like the modern era? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know because I don't know much about current X Men comics as it is. Um, oh. but I, just you know, just in general, the way that he talks about them. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but. Anyway, um, yeah, so we continue where we left off. The X-Men in free fall out of the sky. However, we have people that literally fly on the team, so it's actually not that big an issue. Yeah, yeah. this um, isn't where the death happens. Uh, yeah, Storm lifts up Wolverine and, and Nightcrawler, and Banshee lifts up Thunderbird and Cyclops, and Cy- Colossus Cyclops crashes into the ground. <laughs> Colossus clearly watched that one video by Austin McConnell about what to do if your parachute fails. <laughs> <laughs> But I love it. It's just like, yeah, Klaus, he can survive it. He's fine. He can survive it. He's, yeah. He is a very strong metal man. Yeah. Uh, in um, Soviet Russia, falling out of plane. I don't know where, where I was going to end you, that guy. You, you, start, you had something there. and then you I had something and it. I lost yeah. it. You were, you were onto something, you know. <laughs> um, oh, man. <laughs> I love that Cyclops is ready to just fucking die. <laughs> well, he's, you know. Somehow on a team with Wolverine, uh, 
and, and Nightcrawler. Cyclops is the edgiest guy here. Um, well, it's because he just lost his girlfriend, Joey. Not, she didn't even fucking die, though. <laughs> no! She just said, no, you gotta grow up, you child. <laughs> As he free falls out of the sky in his fucking blue spandex, he's like, I guess this is it, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I now um, understand significantly more of Gail Simone's Cyclops jokes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Benji saves Cyclops. Um, the team regroups. Also, I love, I love that Banshee is always just like, no, I'm going to make you laugh because laughter is the best medicine, but also Benji's... in a way that's going to make fun of you because I need entertainment as well. Banshee is such a wonderful presence in this whole team. It's so great. Every character um, on this team is a very different mood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Nightcrawler is attacked and transported well, into. Yeah. He, well, Night, Nightcrawler teleports into the base to try to let them in, and then he gets shot in the back. Yes. Um, um, by a fishman. Yep. Who he strikes back against and knocks out and uh, makes his way further into the base. As he finds a way for the X Men to get inside, the Fishman is called Croker. Of course, he is. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the X Men get inside the base. Um, they fight off some soldiers inside, um, and uh, Storm causes a storm shocker. Uh, <laughs> there's a fight with the furries. The Gorilla Man comes after them, and so does the cat. And also, I'm I'm perplexed by the way this one panel is colored on the. <laughs> okay, so the pages aren't numbered, and I wish they were. Um, I think I know which one you're talking about. It's the one of storm. No, 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 uh, no, no, no. It's um. So it's after like there. So it's it's the big page where the gorilla and the cat person are attacking Colossus, Storm, and Wolverine. It's towards the top of one of the pages. And the cat person fighting Wolverine just has the bottom half of its face colored like like a, a skin tone. And it stays that way then for the rest of the oh. issue. But it wasn't like that beforehand, was it? I don't think so. I will say, I think between the issues, we, we did switch colorists. Um, that makes sense. Because I, I think, I noticed, there's a lot of colorists credited. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, I think I think this book was just on, like a cycle of colorists mm. and letterers. Uh, Once again, Claremont was fighting so much and, and he still made them like one of those popular Marvel books of all time. Yeah. I mean, I imagine by that, like there has to come a point where like things start to stabilize. Mm -hmm. like, Pretty much like once it stops being bi-monthly. Yeah. I imagine once it gets monthly, because I know John Byrne goes, is, starts on art and he stays on art for a while. Long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Count Nefarious gonna blow up the world because mm -hmm. because you know. I mean, his name is Count Nefarious. Of course, he's yeah. gonna blow up the world. Yeah, like. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, uh, uh, fighting off the furries uh, and uh, and trying to, uh, sending. Uh, oh yeah, Nefarious like trying to escape. They stop. They're trying to stop the countdown. Nefarious escaping on this plane that uh, that Thunderbird latches onto. And his, uh, is the psychic to vision of Charles Xavier tells him, "No, don't do that. You're gonna die." <laughs> he's then... like, "He's like, I'm okay with that." Um, <laughs> he fucking 
Anakin stays on the ship, or on the ship, on the plane, as Banshee's also pleading with him to stop. Okay, actually, should I, I, it's the wrong accent for Banshee, but do you want to know whose voice I kept reading, reading his, his dialogue in? Oh god, who? James Doohan. You know what, that's... The accent is wrong! The, the accent Scottish. is wrong, but I feel like if you were casting Banshee in the 70s, that's who you'd cast. That's who you'd cast. <laughs> um... um. <laughs> But yeah, uh, you can't you can't stop <laughs> you can't stop Thunderbird from wanting to kill himself basically because Claremont needs him to kill himself. Um, you get this beautiful page actually when when the the plane eventually blows up and uh, the final uh, Xavier, page of the issue is just Ex- well Xavier is like connected to to Thunderbird as he dies, yeah. um, and so you get this beautiful page where Xavier literally feels his pain as he dies. Um, and uh, yeah, that last page is fucking gorgeous. It's it's so good. Like it's it is one of those deaths that was written in as a necessity for the book to actually end up working, and really services the book as a whole. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's okay. Like character deaths. I mean, I don't. Would you call this a fridging? Because it is essentially just to to move every other character forward. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's maybe some talk about it being, but also it wasn't done with the express purpose of doing that. Like it, it yeah. really was like Claremont just trying to make the book work better <laughs> because some because Len Wayne saddled him with thirteen characters. Yeah, yeah, and so he he cuts down that immensely, literally making it a six person team by the start of the next issue. Yes. Um. um but yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. It's cut down immensely, and, uh, and we get yeah, going to. I just feel kind of sad because like there was potential with the character. Yeah, but also I. I but mean... also it was you know written by a white guy in the in the nineteen seventies, so and probably was just for the best for everyone in the end. Yes, um, I, yeah. have, I I have seen some panels from later X Men comics by Claremont that that touched upon the topic of race. Are you referring uh, to one? Yep. One Kitty Pride. Yep. <laughs> Are you yeah. talking about God Loves Man Kills? No, uh, I, I, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't know the story. story. I just, I just know the panels out of context. That, that there's a story where Kitty Pride says some slurs. A story. <laughs> Is it one story? There's. There are like three separate occasions. It, wait. I, I, I don't think that, they're not all by Claremont, but there are like three separate occasions. For some reason, she's always the character they choose. Is it because it's probably because she's like the youngest on the team because she's like child? Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, X anyway, number ninety six. <laughs> it's the night of the demon, night and I will say, demon. you know what, Chris Claremont, for your first original issue, decided to be like, let's get some demons up in here because why yeah. not? Why the hell not? Yeah, and my God, once again, Cockrum crushing the first page. Oh my God! The, there are people who apparently don't like Cockrum's art. That's uh, ass. Come on, man. Yeah, I think, I think <laughs> Cockrum's so a, a very good artist. Such a good artist. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh. We recount the events of X Men number ninety five with the death of Thunderbird and once again Cyclops being an angsty bitch. At least this time he has reason. Yep. To do it. <laughs> And um, but still in his still fucking in costume, still in his costume, still in spandex. Like, he knows no. Woods. He knows no other way to let out his rage. Um, so he uses concussive blasts to start like taking his rage out on some trees, and this random pillar with some sigils on it and some runes on it gets destroyed. 
So that's so, not going to be a problem is, or anything. So this is the plot. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the narrator tells us that, like, that just released something. When, when was this out? Was this? Oh, no, this was this was a December issue. Or. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. December huh. 75. You think it might be an October issue because Demon. Um, yeah. yeah. It's also funny because. Man, I don't know if Claremont thought he was writing monthly because, like, <laughs> two issues later, he comes the actual Christmas issue. Then, yeah, it would love to be February, April. Why Christmas in April? Yeah, yeah. It's, or it's, you it's, know what? Maybe, maybe it's the it's the whole thing of like comics being dated a couple months in advance. Maybe, maybe. I, don't know. I hope that's what it is. I, I, because I tried to look up the dates and they only give the dates on the cover. I haven't found any yeah. like oh, actual funny. definitive release date. Mm-hmm. Um, which can be annoying. Uh, yeah. Uh, I will say you can. Well, I mean, like, I mean, like the the. I don't know what your omnibus comes with, but the um, the uh, uh, the masterworks that I have has a table of contents that says what month each one was published in. So I think this was actually in December. Yeah, because because I, I I think I think comic cover publishing dates have gotten worse over time but they used to be fairly accurate they used to be okay because yeah because the contents also says december here because this yeah marvel omnis are very nice that they seem to always have tables of contents which yeah. is not something i can say for dc sometimes like yeah yeah but dc also just has a way better more consistent output of omnis so omnis and dc keeps their stuff in print they keep thanks their DC. Stuff in print yeah we love you uh, um <laughs> just um, get just get rid of the NFTs, please. Um, yeah, you can get rid so, of those and uh, <laughs> keep, keep Superman going strong because I'm really enjoying it. It's please so good. Thank you. It's so good. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Um, all right, I, I am very tired in this recording audience. Can you tell? So so am I, dude. So we're, we're just oh man, we're we're living, we're thriving. Um, okay, so the X Men are training some more in the danger room. There is. Uh, uh, I find it interesting that. Um, Everybody call like the team's mates call each other by their real names, except when Wolverine is involved because Wolverine, Wolverine is have just a name Wolverine. Yet. I mean, what else are you gonna call him, man? <laughs> Logan. He's a real fucking Wolverine, my guy. Yes. <laughs> he can't, you can't call him anything else. He feels that shit in his blood. Um. So, <laughs> anyway, um. So, uh, but Banshee's not taking part in uh in the trading. He's just he walking is dressed around in his, very Irish. He's walking around in his little cozy sweater, smoking a pipe. Um, he's uh, he's talking to Xavier as there is a uh, a doorbell ringing. Then, which uh, Banshee goes to uh, to answer the door to find uh, the <laughs> a woman after his own heart, another Irish woman. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is Moira McTaggart. Um, do, were you familiar with, familiar with this character at all, Jacob? I, but I know she's an important character. She is. Um, she is. They actually did her in uh, uh, X Men First Class, and she was not Irish in it, unfortunately. But oh, that's you know. a shame. She was played by Rose Byrne. She's very good. Um, anyway, um, but yeah, so she's here. Um, <laughs> immediate interaction between the fellow Irish people. Um, Wait, no, isn't she Scottish? She's Scottish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's Scottish. Oh, that's Scotland. right. Yes, yeah, she's Scottish. I apologize. Yeah. Um, yes, you're correct. <laughs> yeah, because Ben. She... Um... <laughs> Yeah, because Banshee's internal monologue is just housekeeper, he says. A nice widow woman by the name of Moira McTaggart, probably 80 years old, ugly as sin, and with 40 years in service in the Scots Guards. And then it's just <laughs> immediately smitten. What a guy. I love him. <laughs> um, 
Anyway, meanwhile, we start actually setting up some uh, some larger things because Claremont knows that he has the hundredth issue of X Men coming up, and uh, and he, and he, he has no time to prepare. No fucking time to repair. <laughs> this is ninety six that we're on right now, and he's just getting to really like make some big big waves. Uh, yeah, because I, I will say like Claremont does a very admirable job of giving all of of taking Len Wayne's groundwork from Giant Size and starting to give these characters depth. Yeah, yeah but you can tell that he is struggling because he has this big 100 coming up and he's like yep. I, there has to be something special because it's an issue 100 yeah. and this is 75 not a lot of comics make it to an issue 100 mm-hmm. um, even at this time so we're setting up Dr. Stephen Lang uh, who and, and, and Project Armageddon yes um, he is he is uh investigating the x-men we see like little like portraits of the old x-men uh marvel including and and the old version of beast before he he was harry (laughs) Um, and and got an infinitely better design yeah yeah because yeah like like, big hands and feet that's literally it (laughs) that's all it is it was like and his and his like hands were like a crossbreed between hands and feet like i do i do actually really like what they did with him in a first class as well but um but is yeah, he played would, uh, by Nicholas Holt? Nicholas Holt, movies? yes. Nicholas yeah. he's, he's fantastic in that. Because in Last Stand, he's Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, come on, they, they perfectly cast Beast twice. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, um, but yeah, Laura uh, McTaggart is getting well acquainted with the X-Men as she is here, in, uh, here at the mansion, um, um, when suddenly a fucking demon bursts in, because... <laughs> Again, that's the plot. <laughs> that is the plot. Skyclops allowed a demon called Kirok the Damned. My god. Uh, <laughs> which, I mean, okay, this is a year after The Exorcist came out. I'll buy it. Yeah. And this demon was able to accomplish what not even Jean Grey could. He started to get Cyclops to remove his, his costume. <laughs> um... <laughs> He started by starting to destroy it, but you know, one way or another. Yeah, one um, way or another. Yeah. Um, Do you we think the demon fighting. only has one eye because Cyclops only has one eye? I believe that is totally the, <laughs> the point of that. <laughs> yes, they are definitely paralleling characters. Yes. 100%. Such, such, de- such deep parallels here in our characters. This, this um, isn't just Claremont trying to pull a story out of nowhere. Yep. Um, but yeah, so uh, we begin fighting. Kirok's the best villain. <laughs> um, we begin fighting Kirok the demon. Um, at one point, Xavier like you know enters his mind and tries to figure out what the fuck he's doing here. Then, Laura then Mc- you know, Laura McTaggart fucking bursts in with a gun. Like <laughs> already, I, I, a I love I love the like sort of Lovecrafty thing with Xavier going Xavier going into the demon's mind and just being like. God, it's incomprehensible horrors beyond my imagination. Um, but yeah, Lawyer McTaggart, just you know, just what? a gun, it's... just a fucking gun, a close range machine gun. Like what? I, I want to know where they had the guns. I'm very. I want to know what bizarre part of Claremont's brain he pulled Lawyer McTaggart from. Like that he was like, "This is her introduction. This is it." <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, Banshee gets her out of the way, out of harm's way, because, you know, <laughs> we have to do that. Um, uh, Storm uh, begins fighting Kirok as well. Uh, she's the one that eventually defeats Kirok. It's nice, fun. 
Um, it's a simple enough issue. Um, yeah, it's nice. It it, 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 it it does good work. Like you can see Claremont like actively trying to do more with this series uh, since you know leaving Ledwayne's plot synopsis pretty much. Um, <laughs> introducing new characters uh setting up threats in the background actively like turning it into a bit more of a serial which is nice um and yeah uh i guess that finishes off 96 yeah yeah he also added the small the small seed of storm having the claustrophobia because that comes back much later in like that's that's true that's true actually um coming back sooner than that even uh i'll say it again it's touched on more in volume two so yeah um yeah, anyway, uh, X-Men number 97. Here we go. My brother, my enemy. Um, which is just cool. Let's go. Let's get it's into a, it's it. A, it's a great um, title. Great yeah, it's a, prom- title. a promising cover, too. I love that cover. Promising cover. Um, it's kind of a shame this story only has, like, 17 pages. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's again, at this... I will say it's at this point, till 100, where I'm like, that was good. That was very good. But it could have been better if, like, they gave Claremont just, just that little bit more time. Just mm-hmm. that little bit more time to develop. What ends up happening in volume two is like the, the page count doesn't get better, but Claremont does a better job of like just knowing like when to cut off history and be like, okay, we're going to pick up back, pick back up with this next time rather than trying to like do full stories in one issue. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of see that by the end of this. Yeah. Um, with with yeah. the last two issues, last two, three issues, especially. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, I, I also imagine cause looking at the Omni, um, that I have, it probably helps that like volume three seemed to be when like they started to go monthly as well. So mm-hmm. like by that point, Claremont developed into right. I can actually do ongoing stories, and people are going to buy this book mm-hmm. um, and stay so invested, like you know, for longer periods of time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so we'll get into this. Um, uh let's see uh, oh my god i love the opening of this xavier's just having the most badass nightmare it's so good <laughs> um he's 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 dreaming sci-fi shit um it's great it's fun it's really really he fun very jack kirby he does you know he does actually yeah um um yeah just, yeah just a great two-page spread it's awesome cockrum really crushes that one um but yeah it's uh, also xavier. so nice to see two-page spreads again after after Stanley, <laughs> after Stanley had none of them, uh, but yeah. But hey, Jacob, Stanley presents. Stanley presents. He presents. <laughs> Everything has to have his fucking name on it, otherwise it won't sell. Apparently, even the Doctor Who comics that yep. weren't even Stanley really presents fucking Doctor Who. <laughs> miserable, fucking miserable. Anyway. Yes. Um, so Xavier wakes up is uh, met by my by uh, Moira McTaggart. I really um, I okay. This is a, it's a small detail, but it's a detail that I really like, especially for a comic from the mid nineteen seventies. Xavier's mm-hmm. able to get himself out of bed. Like yeah, yeah, it's cool. like it's it's nice to see a disabled character not being portrayed like not be not being yeah not being portrayed as physically helpless because yeah. obviously. Well, Xavier's a very capable character. Yes. Yeah. Well, because well, Lee, yeah. Lee created the character of he may be physically weak, but his mind is the sharpest mind of all, at least yeah. in, in Stan Lee's mind, where it's like, no, he can also be physically strong enough to get himself by a pull up out of bed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, but he's been having this dream again and they've been getting stronger. He thinks he's going insane. And it's like, <laughs> you kind of get the sense that. 
Moira McTaggart being here is just so so Xavier has somebody his own age to talk to. Mm-hmm. Like somebody who he's not in a teacher-student relationship or was at one point in a teacher-student relationship you can mm-hmm. speak to. Yeah. Uh, also, is it weird just Xavier as a character being just younger in general to you, knowing like pretty much Patrick Stewart your whole life? You would think I'm not a, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Patrick Stewart, though. Here's the thing about Patrick Stewart. Young Patrick Stewart looks like old Patrick Stewart. That's like, true. He's like, yeah. <laughs> also he sounds really like Patrick Stewart. He's yeah. he he has the Paul McGann gene of potentially being immortal. Um, yeah. Or the Christopher Lee gene of potentially being an immortal vampire. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, anyway, we then uh, we then catch uh, up with uh, Alex Summers and Lorna Dane, um, who just I can't. Jacob, you don't know what I'm talking about. It, it sounds so much like the, that one High Republic character, Lorna D. Um, yes. It just my mind just my mind keeps jumping to that, but she's a fucking Twi'lek with head tails, and this is not that. But still green. Um, I was gonna say this has green hair, and I believe yeah. that character was green. But yeah, the character has green skin, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, but, but Lorna, you know, Alex is going on a hike. They're on vacation in like New Mexico, I think. Did they actually <laughs> say where they are? I d- uh, the it says Rio Diablo, so that's like Devil River. Where's Devil River? Is that somewhere in the American Southwest? Anyway, so Alex goes out for the day to be the man of the house, I guess, and then Lorna is attacked immediately. Um, and then when Alex comes back, she seems fine, and she attacks him because she is now Polaris, mistress of magnetism, and it's. It's, it's really fun. Um, She's evil now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as such... She, what's up? I don't think she was evil before. Um, no, no, she was not. <laughs> she had been um, brainwashed before, though. She had been, like, evil under Magneto mind control or something back oh, in the 60s. Oh, okay. Makes see, sense. See, I'm glad we're starting here. And I'm glad we have you here, Andrew, to help us with these continuity messes yep. and you guys don't have to slog through the least stuff now because it was not good <laughs> so i've heard what do you mean stan lee is is, is a stan, stan lee's a genius no, no. come on he his, created the entire his, marvel universe no, man. don't you no. know his x-men makes his spider-man look like shakespeare like there <laughs> no were some way. good ideas but man the way it was executed the enemy mutants were always so weak it's like oh i'm the vanisher i could poof away three feet it's like, eh. <laughs> oh man, I do, I do want to check it out someday, but mostly on my own time. I don't think I'd ever have us cover that in the podcast. Eh, maybe um, in the long, long future. Oh man, read. dude, like that's the thing. It, it's that thing we always talk about. It's just like, you, like no matter how many episodes of this podcast we do, we will never run out of shit to talk about. On we it. will not. Like, yeah, crazy. Yeah. Anyway, um, all right, so. Uh, we're at an airport then. Oh yeah, Jean Grey's coming back. Um, because you know, Claremont was like, "Why would you fucking get rid of her, Wayne?" <laughs> um, also, it's like, well, Xavier needs a vacation, so we're bringing back Jean Grey and Scott Summers out of costume for like two panels. Look at him! Look at him! Also, a normal like, human being. They make Nightcrawler look like a human being. Yes, with uh, technology from from Tony Stark. <laughs> yes. Which is a choice. Yep. 
Um, it is an image inducer from Tony Stark. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, uh, which is quickly dropped then because because uh, the airport is attacked by by uh, Polaris and, and Havoc and Havoc. Um, as uh, and the the, the X Men go into battle then, and uh, as they're trying to sabotage these airplanes at the airport, um, and then we get the arrival of the the man uh, that is controlling Polaris and Havoc, who's Eric the Red, Eric which is the Red, such a name for a villain. <laughs> Anyone remember Sykes' epic portrayal from X Men numbers fifty one and fifty two? Yeah, nope. apparently, nope. apparently this is. What was this that is an earlier villain. Oh, I just said no because it was forgettable. <laughs> oh man! I mean, I imagine that would at least be post Stan Lee, so it may not be the worst the X Men book has gotten. That's uh, possible. Maybe. 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 <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah, but anyway, so yeah, the X Men are then pretty much fighting amongst themselves as they're fighting Havoc and Polaris. Um, also. And, uh, 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 Jean becomes a damsel in distress. Yeah, yeah. Claremont's gonna fix that soon. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, not in this volume, but he's gonna fix that soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was like, uh, I don't want to kill my brother. Break free of your conditioning. I'll just stun him. Um, as you do with dangerous fucking lasers. <laughs> um, this scene was so weird to me because I don't know if it was established yet or if it was established later, but Cyclops and Havoc's powers do not work on each other. Like, it couldn't even stun them. It just, like, would go through, absorb into them. So to see them hurting each other was kind of weird. Okay, I did not know that, actually. I guess yeah, I mean, it wasn't established out. at all. Here, huh, weird. Yeah, huh. yeah weird. Um, yeah, so, you know, action happens. Um, storm creates a storm. Um, and eventually knocks out Lorna. Um, but then Lorna falls from this from the sky and uh well she's uh you know i can't tell if she's dead or not uh i mean i'll say she's not dead but i mean you know claremont kind of plays it like she's dead yeah yeah well, the, point, the point is that alex is pissed that you know his girlfriend was hurt and uh that and eric the red uses them to help him escape and Wolverine's like, hey, Cyclops, you gotta fucking blast him right now. And he's like, I can't. That's my brother. And, and Scott is an angsty bitch again, and he punches Wolverine. Yes. Um, Scott being an angsty bitch seems to be a recurring theme. That is that is his thing, man. <laughs> that is his thing. I also was remembered about that time changes. that... I also was re- reminded of that time that, uh, that I tagged you in the one panel from the end of this issue, Jacob, um, of Wolverine saying, why you one-eyed son of a... I'm gonna cut you wide open for that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's um, basically our dynamic yeah exactly yeah <laughs> i also just i can't really explain it i think in my head i had this very on this read in particular i had this very specific voice for wolverine in my head that's kind of derived sort of from the 90s cartoon but it's just way more cartoonish than that it's something along the lines of like why you one-eyed son of a i'm gonna cut you wide open for that it's something like like along the along those lines you know um basically the pride of the x-men voice but not australia you know that's probably it i've watched part of the (laughs) x-men exactly once and it's it's not good but you know what yeah pretty much that (laughs) 
<laughs> he he goes around calling people like, "Hey there, little dingo." <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um. Anyway, I also love the the, the blurb at the end of this issue. The, the next issue, the Sentinels return. Enough said. Um. Which I don't and know. Then, I, just, I, I always love that because you know Stanley. <laughs> and then at the cover of ninety eight, the Sentinels are back. Enough, Enough said. said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, were you familiar with the Sentinels, Jacob? Uh, yeah, yeah. I knew what they oh, were. Oh, sorry, because Days of Future Past, though. Days of Future Past, and I like the oh, they're a big presence in the animated cartoon, and I remember like the I remember those first couple episodes of that show mm-hmm. for some reason, just like 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 it's ingrained. Probably because the Sentinels are such a cool design. And you can imagine the U.S. government making giant "fuck you" purple robots to oppress a minority group. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I In a less exaggerated way, but yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, it's finally our Christmas issue in April. In um, April, um, <laughs> Jean is officially back. She's she's sort of not officially part of the team, but she's here like full time, just hanging out with everybody. Um, uh, it's, it's gonna it's, be a white Christmas. Cyclops is out of costume. Wolverine yep. is out of costume. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, again, Kurt has the image transponder, which I'm just gonna say it. That that kind of threw me. I'm like, what? Why would human Nightcrawler look like that? Yeah, I, I I'm not sure. <laughs> um. But anyway, uh, yeah, so they're they're just they're they're they having a nice time. It's Christmas, and then giant fucking purple robots show up, and uh, and we once again have to tell scream at the reader <laughs> in a giant speech roll that the Sentinels have returned. <laughs> um, Spoken so they, by a Sentinel. If you if you if you can't tell, it's a big fucking deal, Jacob. <laughs> it's a big deal. So I didn't realize the Sentinels were created by s- someone who wasn't Chris Claremont. I yeah. had a feel. I mean, they're they're really popularized by some of the things that Claremont does with them, but no, yeah, he didn't create them. Yeah, that 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 surprises me. Um, Here you have but it. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. We uh we have we get our fight with the Sentinels. Uh, nobody gets into costume actually for like a long time. Actually, Banshee's yeah. the first one to, to sort of break that. I will um, say it's nice to see them fighting in civilian clothes because it's like they were caught off guard. Yeah, it's Christmas. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, D- despite the fact that earlier issues would have you believe that Wolverine and Cyclops just walk around in the, in the in that spandex all the time. Well, well, Jean Grey's back, so Cyclops, you know, is like, fine. If I'm if I'm going to win you back, Jean, if I'm if I'm if I'm gonna get any, then I I, I have to stop wearing the costume, don't I? <laughs> yes. Uh, um. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's um. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, fight breaks out. Uh, Banshee is the first one to actually, like, get into costumes. Storm quickly follows, and it's it's a cool fight sequence. That, that's most of this issue, actually. Um, yes. Except for that that moment where we cut over to yeah, Xavier just fishing. There's an interlude <laughs> basically doing Jaws, but with Charles Xavier. Um. <laughs> Concept, Jaws with Patrick Stewart. Somebody copyright Fresh-Faced Comics, Lick Lighter, and Morgan. Yes. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's here on a uh, on this boat uh, fishing with uh, one Peter Corbeau, um, uh, who is uh, who is uh, uh, with Xavier here on this uh, on this on this boat. He, he's like apparently a character from the Hulk. Yes, um, um, and uh, they're on this boat and they are attacked by a Sentinel. Um, 
and uh, and Xavier uh, is pretty much helpless to stop it. I mean, he uses like his mental powers to try to to try to you know send it back into the water. Then it comes but it's right also back a up and, giant robot. So. Yeah, so it comes right back up and just destroys the boat. Um, and uh, and that is pretty much where we leave that for a while. Um, oh no, it takes Xavier. That's right, it steals it, Xavier. It, it kidnaps Professor X. Yes, um, and uh, and that is the end of that interlude. Um, continuing. Uh, actually, the Sentinels have captured a lot of the X Men at this point. Uh, it has they, they have Jean, they have they have Wolverine, they have Banshee, um, and, uh, uh, and and, is, and the head of all this is this is, uh, is Doctor Lang, um, who's a Nazi. Who's, yep. Is is this the character <laughs> that Kevin Bacon plays? No, no, oh no, it's uh, Ashton Shaw. Uh, yeah, yeah. I recognize that name, but I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> uh, Hellfire Club. He's ah. part of the Dark Phoenix stuff. Ah. I cannot wait for you to watch X-Men First Class someday, Jacob. It's so fucking good. It'll happen eventually. But also, this is where we get the Wolverine isn't human. Um, also, I think this is the, one of the first times where, where Wolverine's actually started saying bub. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, also, I don't know. They put Jean Grey in a black dress that kind of makes her look evil. A little bit. So we're on our way. Claremont had plans. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we also get. Um, let's see. Oh uh, yeah. So Wolverine like breaks out. He uh, he he begins attacking one of the Sentinels. The uh, Lang and the uh, the scientists that he's with begin to uh, begin to escape as well. Wolverine very quickly gets <laughs> back into his costume. But also really importantly, another big uh, big revelation about Wolverine's character here is that the claws are not part of his glove; they're literally part of him, uh, which is the yeah. first time that that, that that had ever been revealed, which is really cool. I was going to ask, is that a revelation for this? Because like it is, yeah, yeah. Because I imagine <laughs> the thought was that they were retractable or potentially even the original intent on whoever. Who created Wolverine? Was it Roy Thomas? I am not sure. Because uh, I know it wasn't obviously Claremont. Uh, no. But like the way the gloves are drawn is that it almost looks like they're potentially just retractable into the gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, yeah, so it actually like be like part of his his hands. Like yeah, that was that was a big revelation at the time. It's cool. Uh, yes. Um, they also find Xavier captured, and they argue if you know. They Wolverine just wants to leave him, whereas Jean and Banshee are like, "No, we can't do that." Oh wait, here comes another Sentinel. Yep. In fact, <laughs> a bunch of Sentinels. Yep. Um, and like, th- they are kind. They all have to fight. Um, before we can actually cut back to the rest of our characters. Yep. Uh, 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 Nightcrawler, Cyclops, Colossus, Storm, uh, Moira, and uh, Corbeau, who are all just trying to figure out what to do. Um, and, and, and we reveal that surprise. They took the professor and the others into space. I have mentioned to you already that on my volume two reread, there are a fair few Star Trek references that Claremont makes. Claremont just really likes doing space stories, and I think he was just very inspired by Star Trek. And I looking back Claremont... on these issues for this episode is 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 really funny, actually. Also, because it's the first time I'm rereading these, knowing Star Trek. Um, it's also the first time you're rereading these, I believe. Yeah, yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. For, like I, you know, I hadn't seen any Star Trek at the time I first read these issues, and uh, I don't know, it's just fun. Anyway, 
Uh, moving to X-Men number 99, Death Star Rising. Um, which, look, this is published in 76. Yes. Death Star Rising. <laughs> I don't know. Just kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, when, when did Star Wars enter production? Uh, probably around this time. Seventy seven is when it came out, but like yeah. we know, Lucas was working on that script for years. Yeah, um, I mean, not that anyone would really would, would really be aware of the contents of it. Other than I don't know, someone could have someone could have stolen a script and given it to Chris Claremont for some well, reason. Claremont, well, and Claremont was like, "Yeah, I'm going to use that name." <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's. The X-Men are, like, on the cover are in bubbles. Which doesn't happen? Doesn't happen, no. No. Like, I... I mean, they're still floating <laughs> in space at the start of the issue, but, I mean, it's just, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, um, I actually, um, I don't know, I really like, uh, it, it, it's a bit wordy, but I do like that one page, the, the second page of the issue where, with, um, that sort of, like, ten-panel panel thing that Cockrum does where yeah, um, getting them all into space into oh, okay. this into the atmos spheres yep <laughs> <laughs> um uh while uh, cyclops and, and corpo were still together like like playing those scenes like side by side it's it's really cool i enjoy it okay um, i should also actually there's something about Stephen lang's design that i don't know if it bothers me but he's part of project armageddon so emblazoned on his chest is a red A. <laughs> and all I can think about when I see that is that he's an adulterer. Because what? it's a scarlet letter. Oh, okay. I was like, what? <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that's what red A's emblazoned on someone's chest usually means. Uh, I mean, for all we know, he is. I mean... It, I mean, that would also be the least of his crimes. He is a Nazi, after all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> this, this conversation got weird. Moving on. Um, yeah, uh, uh, the uh, the X Men are transported back to Lang. Um, they uh, they are uh, put into these uh, these like. Uh, oh no! Actually, no. They're not, they're not put into anything yet. Uh, the, no, um, we... the the X Men that are free on on the other side of things, like Cyclops and, and Nightcrawler and all of them, are. Uh, are going into space themselves. Um, also, Claremont is... sets up some anti-mutant hysteria rising um, mm -hmm. using some news newscasters in a pre-Dark Knight Returns uh, world. Yeah, yeah, it's just fun to see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, we, we actually, we learn uh, Cyclops is kind of scary. No, uh, not Cyclops. Colossus is kind of scared about going into space mm -hmm. because his friend was a cosmonaut and died because his rocket exploded. Mm -hmm. And it's just a nice. I don't. It's know, a it's really a great really moment. Nice yeah, and, and also just you know works really cool, really well for like Peter, like as as a Russian character. It's it's nice. Yeah, it it it, just, it feels and then also just the blast off sequence is oh yeah. Pure indulgence. So good. Pure yeah. indulgence. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, who is this guy? <laughs> this is. <laughs> it's, it's, been a, it's, it's, it's been a little bit. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. The, the guy delivering the letter for Sean Cassidy. Um, 
been a little bit since I read Volume One. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, is, uh, who is this guy actually? Though <laughs> this is a lawyer uh, called Flaherty. Okay, and it doesn't matter because he dies immediately after. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> a, a villain with a stick kills him. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes to he just bops him on the head. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, uh, our our uh, remaining X-Men make their way uh, into space. They are attacked by Sentinels, and they crash their shuttle into Corbeau's space station. Or, uh, not Corbeau, um, Lang's space station. I don't know why I say Corbeau. Um, they crash into the space station. Um, I love this fucking sequence where uh, where Storm gets into like the spacesuit and like is still using her powers in space because like. Yeah, being in space wouldn't nullify her powers, really. No, no, they're like you could make winds occur. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do some fun stuff with space storms, storms in space. Um, but yeah, so they get on the station and immediately rip off their astronaut suits. Yeah. Um, for some reason, like I don't know why you wouldn't keep using those, but all you right. see, you see, you gotta have them in costume because they gotta be iconic. They can't sell otherwise. Um, yeah, uh, I get this nice little fight scene between them and the Sentinels then. Um, <laughs> I love this moment. Again, also because Colossus and Storm have such a great dynamic. Um, when uh, Colossus sees that Storm is okay and he like lifts her up. It's just really fun moment. I love that. You can um, feel... You can really start no to feel... You can well, feel some oh, of sorry, like, you the bonds. You can feel like the bonds forming between these characters because... Claremont is finally starting to find his feet with this issue in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, even though those bonds, I don't think will probably won't fully strengthen until the next volume because uh, issue 100, I, I don't, it, it wasn't bad. I didn't dislike it, but it was, it's, it's a bit of a gimmick though. It, it's a gimmick. It's, it's a gimmicky it's, issue. Yeah. But uh, what were you going to say before Andrew? I was just saying, I love this storm space is so no nonsense. And Colossus just has the biggest grin. Yeah. They're like polar opposite. <laughs> I love it. Oh, they have such a great dynamic. Um yeah, uh let's see. Um uh Colossus then begin not Colossus, Cyclops. Wow. <laughs> um it's been a long Dear day. Years, we are Cy- very tired. We are very tired. We're almost done. We're almost done. Cyclops uh goes after Lang then. Um uh they uh um begin uh to what are they doing? What does he do? Oh, yeah, he, ca- he catches up with Lang. He threatens him, and then uh, from from behind them arrives uh, some familiar faces: Charles Xavier and all of the original X Men um, that are there to to fight them because apparently they hate the new X Men, and we're supposed to believe this as readers. Bringing us our big X Men oh, number one hundred special. Such a, it's such a gimmick. It's it such a gimmick. I mean, it's a fun idea and a gorgeous cover. I love a great cover, cover, an outstanding cover. But the idea is a bit shit. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit like it. Uh, it it feel and you can really feel that Claremont was like, I need to do something special. And it issue is special, 100. but it's it's a it's a gimmick. It's a special gimmick. <laughs> it's a gimmick and. I was more interested in like the rest of the plot and how where our characters were going. But um, most of this issue just focuses on the oh well we have two teams of X-Men fighting each other and it's 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 okay, I guess. Yeah, it's it's okay. The the best part of the issue is the cliffhanger. And yeah. and that's 
I think that that kind of tells you all you need to know. We find um, out that one of the teams near the end of this is actually robots. Yep. Like <laughs> that that's the big twist. They're robots. But also for some reason Cyclops is on the side of the original X-Men. Well, because Charles Xavier, Jean Grey and Cyclops are then in these tubes like 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 powering the robots. When did that when did the switch with Cyclops happen? Is my big question. Uh in between the last couple of in between the second to last and last page of the last issue. It makes no sense. Cuz Cyclops gets shot at but like then there's immediately robot Cyclops. It's a gimmick. We make a big deal over the fact that you know Beast is is no longer Harry. So how could this have happened? And it's just like it's 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 clear immediately what Claremont is doing. And it's like it's they're fine. they're imposters. Yeah. They're imposters. Jean is wearing her old Marvel Girl costume. Like it's that's all it is. Yeah. Like also at one point, it, like like Charles Xavier's just like Ferdinand around is like just just murder them, just kill them all. Yep. Like. Like I know, I know we've kind of talked that Charles Xavier is, you know, not as lawful good as you might want to think. Mm-hmm. But he's not yeah. just. I don't that's, think he's. That just... said, I do love the bit when Robot Xavier stands up from his chair and punches Wolverine across the room. <laughs> that's a pretty good bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because then it's... Wolverine like rips open, you know, the the fake Jean Grey and shows everybody that she's a robot and. Uh... And so everybody else realizes that, and so they stop fighting, and uh, and they free the 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 real Cyclops, Gene, and 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 Xavier from the tubes, and also Corbeau, who apparently got there at some point. Yeah, and yeah, that, that's that's weird. He doesn't he doesn't need to not be a part of the conflict, but he's in a tube for some reason. Yeah, and it's 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 all building up to trying to escape. And Gene, you know, basically being like having to stay. Because the whole buildup is that like she's like one of the strongest X-Men because she has these insane telepathic powers. Um, And so she's like, I will, you know, I will save the day. And Cyclops is like, no, but you could die. And she's like, "Okay, well, fuck you. And so she. she Yeah, well, it's because it's because their rocket back to Earth was broken. So to save everybody, she's going to sacrifice herself. And that's the cliffhanger we leave on. Yeah. And, and it's, it's an effective as it's fuck a cliffhanger. Gorgeous last page. Nightcrawlers, mm. tears, Cyclops screaming. It's oh, it's such a good, such a great moment. Um and uh and that that is where we we end the Uncanny X-Men volume one. Um, it is also worth noting because I don't think I've actually mentioned it. Although I, we, I mentioned it the last two episodes for Spider-Man. So I, I think the same is implied. These are the Marvel masterworks split ups of, yes, of the, uh, of the X-Men run here. Yes. But, um, but yeah, that was that. That was, was that. that. I, I, I enjoyed it. I, I really liked it. I'm it's a good time. Very it's satisfied. a really good time. I, I will say, I'll say this first volume, probably on par with the first volume of new teen Titans for me. You know, uh, I agree. Actually, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I like. I think I. Like, I think Wolfman's Titans starts off a bit stronger than this. Very probably. I also think that Wolfman's writing style is immediately more developed than Claremont's is. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, Andrew. This and, and, is... and also, and also the fact that Claremont literally like paved the way, pretty much, for books like New Teen Titans to yes. exist. Um, I'm very excited to see where it's going. Um, yeah. 
I'm curious, actually, Andrew, as, as a big fan of this run, um, how, how would you say, like, the, these early issues, like, you know, not only compare to the rest of it, but also, like, they, do they hold up on their own, in your opinion? Yeah, I think they hold up incredibly well as, like, a little standalone story, barring, you know, the cliffhanger, what's going to happen to Gene in the end. But compared to the rest of the run, it's a great start, but obviously, like, everyone gets pretty fleshed on later, and they're kind of there here in comparison. But you see the little mm. seedlings of what's going to become like the core personalities and relationships. I really liked rereading it. And like, we haven't done any of the iconic stories. Like, mm. those like, will begin because we're doing the masterwork split ups. Those really begin in like volume four. Um, yeah. Well, so, so, I, so we've got a ways to go. Actually, uh, oddly enough, sort of in the same way that we're, we're doing the, the New Teen Titans uh, volumes. Um, we got a while until we get like some of like the, the bigger, more iconic stories. But it really does give you time to like get to know the characters really, really well. Yeah. Um, and and like, like New Teen Titans, this is one of those books that I'm like, I cannot wait. To, like even after like, I'm so glad we're doing two because, mm -hmm. and I, I have a feeling that even after volume two, it's probably going to be a I can't wait to come back to this. Yeah, um, and I, I will be more than happy to oblige because it's it's a pretty great run. It's um, very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Wow. Uh, we, we also did had... some adaptive material for this. Yeah, we did. We did uh, X Men from the year two thousand, which yes. is you're you're a bit of a bitch for your take on this one. I find it mixed. I you, dude, your big take was that it's not colorful, and like I understand that it's very gray. I understand that it's fucking gray. I don't think that makes it a bad movie. <laughs> that, and I think honestly, I think it, as the film is isn't nearly as focused on being an ensemble film as as it really should be um a lot it, of it's it really only focuses on like four key players yeah and i think that's a problem i oddly enough i think the introduction of gene gray is a great scene that is yeah. hurt so much by the fact that then she barely does anything for the rest of the film yeah um, yeah i, I will, will say, say like, i will like, say it's another one of those times Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen are on screen. Barks yeah. are flying. So um, fucking good. The way Truly McKellen like the... says Charles. Oh my god. Like, McKellen has my two favorite, like, lines in that in that movie. Um, first, of course, being the iconic last one. Yeah, what will you do when they come, come to your school? Whatever. Um, but I fucking love the scene where he's talking to, um, uh, was it Senator Kelly? Senator Kelly. Um, yeah. the whole don't fear God, Senator, and certainly don't fear me. You know, let's just say God works too silly. I fucking love that scene so much. Oh, it's so good. Um, it's also just, it's another one of those comic book films in general that like, it's a mixed bag. Sure. I, I, there is more on the side of good for me. Um, but, uh, it's, it's a mixed bag, but just so like, it's such a perfectly cast movie. Like, oh yeah, the cast. Oh man, the cast. Is <laughs> the cast great. is so good. Um, um, it's so nice to see Halle Berry in something that isn't a bad Catwoman film that I haven't seen. But I mean, I, she also doesn't turn in the best storm performance. Let's be fair. <laughs> she. The big problem is but a Jacob, lot of the but cast. Jacob, Jacob, do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? The same thing that happens to everything else. <laughs> Which I will say is honestly um, like a good line response. Did Joss Whedon work on that film though? Like, I, I think I saw someone in one of our Discord servers 
someone say that Joss Whedon was involved? I don't think he was. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it was. I, I think they just got their 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 wires crossed with that. I mean, like um, it was the year two thousand, so Whedon would have just been like... that. That said, it's directed by an equally no, it, an even more shitty person than Joss Whedon. So. Yeah, Brian Singer so, is so not Brian a good Singer person. is not a good person. Um, <laughs> um, I, I I will say like it's clear that like they've collected a really good cast, but they just don't give half of them the material to work with. I'm always thrown uh, by the fact that fucking Ray Park is in that. Who does he play? He plays Toad. Huh. That That's Ray Park. Yeah, it's Darth fucking Maul. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, he, I, mean, he, I mean, that was like the era of film when like Ray Park was doing fucking everything. And he, that, that was like Headless Horseman in, in Sleepy Hollow, you know? Like, um, yeah. He, he, yeah, he was in a little bit of everything. I mean, it's not a it's it it's not a bad film. It's just yeah, no, no. It's, it's just, just for it's, me a, a mixed bag. Um, fair enough, fair enough. Definitely better um, than the film I had watched the night before. <laughs> Andrew, do you like X Men Two Thousand? I'm mixed on it. I really like Professor X. I like Magneto a fair amount. Everything else is kind of me. Huh. All right then. I do also dig um um James Marsden as a uh, Scott. James Marsden is just one of those actors that you kind of forget about existing until so he good. shows up in something. You know what my favorite James Marsden thing is? Uh, what? Hairspray. Oh, right. He is He's so hairspray. good in Hairspray. I fucking love him in that. <laughs> I also, for whatever reason, keep getting Marsden and Marsters confused. Two very different Jameses. <laughs> um, yeah, two very different Jameses. <laughs> Two um, very, very different changes. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it's 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 a fine movie. Yeah. I believe it has a I believe X2 is better from what X2 I remember. X two is so good, dude. X2 yeah. is so fucking X2 and, like has no right being as good as it is. Like it is so far ahead of that the entire rest of that trilogy. Like it's insane. Um, and then X-Men 3 The Last Stand. I don't want to hear a peep out of you, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah um, alright I guess that about does it that about does it that about does it we made it through our, our third Marvel episode and our first ever X-Men coverage which is so I'm cool to so say. happy uh, our next that. episode of course will be volume 2 yes so. volume 2 which is X-Men number uncanny X-Men numbers 101 to 110 so we're covering 10 Techn- years next time technically not uncanny yet just the not X-Men. uncanny see here's the thing though the little Stanley presents uh, blurb says, says the, the uncanny excellent so it's it it works still it works um but yeah uh let's start closing this thing out uh andrew i i forgot to mention ask you like before we started recording do you have anything to, anything to promote at all if not it's fine but i just figure i'd ask well no not okay cool thanks for coming on <laughs> it means a lot to me it was coming as usual yeah, yeah, you I, um, you're always a very present part of the podcast because and um, we're as long as aside from guessing, you you ask questions on pretty much every episode, which is nice. I always love. And love you. you will be back next time as long as schedules can line up because scheduling can be fun. Absolutely, but yeah, uh, yeah, we will endeavor. I think honestly, like our ten episode Marvel block is gonna have like some like our most guests like in a row like close the to amount of people we know who are marvel fans or who at least are actively interested in reading marvel yeah. as is the case with an upcoming guest we have in the yes. not too distant future so the yeah um 
yeah, a lot of cool things in store for us in the future. Uh, as always, I'll leave our link trees in the description below. Mine and Jacob's, those will be down there. Follow us on Twitter, uh, wherever the fuck, whatever else we have down there. They're all there. Um, I'm on Blue Sky now. You are on Blue Sky. I yeah. am not, because I, I really just don't care enough to be on Blue oh, Sky. Oh, well, if you'd like an invite, I can get you an invite. I'm sure you can, and I'm sure I'll care enough someday. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, check those out. Um uh, as always, like I said, I'll leave the books uh, that we that we covered on this, and we're covering next time in the description below as Amazon links. That'll all be there. Um, otherwise, uh, Jacob, I know you have your blog. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yes, yes. Uh, I by the time that this comes out, I will be just finishing up my big RTD uh, reviews. Um, the weekend, I believe. The, yeah, the weekend after this comes out, I will be doing the end of time, and I will have reviewed all of Eccleston's Ooh. television stories and all of Tennant's television stories. I wish the you the best doctor. of luck, good sir. I wish you. Oh, so I will much say luck. these last couple of weeks have been. This last week has been especially tough because it's next I Doctor mean, and Planet of the Dead. At the time of recording, you've got Waters of Mars up next. Yep. So, and I'm doing the novelization too. So. Oh, nice! Very cool. Very, so, very cool. Because yes, I've, I've also on on your blog. I've gotten you to read some Star Wars recently, which is you really have, cool. you have. I've yeah. done two High Republic books. One that was okay. The other one that was fairly <laughs> solid. Um, yeah. And um, I we, we will be I will be continuing Star Wars stuff at some point in the future, but there's not really a set plan for that. It's yeah. uh, yeah. just kind of whatever. We're we're doing these like book swaps. So it's, yeah, it's yeah, cool. It's yeah. fun. It's a good time. Uh, also, um, Star Trek reviews. Star Trek, Star Trek reviews. reviews. Yeah, check out check out his Star Trek reviews. And conversely, also, well, not conversely, I guess in tandem, check out my uh, my Star Trek videos with my brother. We're watching through Star Trek for the first time. At the time of this coming out, we have just released the Omega Glory. <laughs> uh, yeah, you've you've told me you've you've told me to gird my loins for that one. Oh man, it's it's oh man, <laughs> I don't even know what else to say. It's it's going to exist. Um, but yeah, that's that's coming out, um, or has come out actually. Um, also on the channel, uh, towards the end of this month, uh, coming up in the very near future, uh, we have the next episode of Breaking Brian coming out, covering Better Call Saul season four. We're nearing the end of all that, so that's been very fun. Um, we have a special treat because after we this do episode, uh, in the week between our X Men episodes, we have a bonus episode coming up. Um, do we want to say what that is, or will? Will people have known what that is already? I don't know. Uh, well, this are we doing a Q and A for that? We haven't decided anything for this. Thing. We haven't decided this. Well, <laughs> we have the two special things. Well, first off, this is our last episode before we've reached our two year anniversary That's of doing Fresh Face Comics. So we're doing Fresh something Face Comics. So we're doing something special to celebrate that, and then we are also doing, uh, yeah, a bonus episode that you'll. You won't have. You may have seen. You may have seen something about. I don't know if we're doing a Q and A for that yet. Uh, we haven't point, decided. Point being, yet. there's a bonus episode coming out uh, between this episode and the next X Men episode on the Monday in between those. So be sure to check that out when that comes out. It's not on adapted material for once. We're talking about a comic that I've never read before, but Jacob, but has. Jacob has. It's fucking yes. crazy, and we're also getting a guest on that. It's going to be super fucking awesome. A guest so who we've been trying, who we were hoping to get on for quite, quite, who's been a potential guest for a, a while. Yeah, so happy to have yeah. uh, uh, them on. Yes, uh, very much so. So yeah, uh, that'll be super, super exciting. Uh, but yeah, that'll be coming out next Monday, and actually the day right after will be the two year official two year anniversary of Fresh Face Comics. Comics. It's Halloween because yes. we started the podcast with the long Halloween. Um, so yeah, so that'll be when the uh, special video releases. Um, so be on the lookout for all that. Also, so many, we have so many cool things coming up. What's up? One shots. We have one shots. Yes, be sure to Superman. check out one shots. 
number what number are we on around seven uh seven six coming up on seven, seven. so seven seven just released earlier this month um so uh, it should be out on the channel already yep and uh, coming out soon we have uh brave and the bold number six and wonder woman number two which is yes. very cool um check those out uh we, we we have such a great rotation of one shots that we're covering and i'm just oh man it's awesome it's really yes. really great stuff so yeah yes um, so that's all that's that wow Ooh, that's a lot we have so many things happening so Jesus. as always wow as always they, yeah uh rate, rate, us, rate, us, rate us subscribe wherever you're listening to us spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, youtube subscribe to blood and studios whatever you're listening to us on uh any so uh, any end all support means the absolute world to us um two years the of the podcast it has it is it has been absolutely insane and uh the continued growing support means the absolute world so um yeah i think that does it doesn't it yes that does it. um andrew thank you so much for coming on once more um and i'm very excited to have you back potentially next time as long as our schedules work out indeed indeed oh, so yeah um, yeah absolutely so um uh yeah i guess until next time this has been joe morgan and jacob licklider and goodbye, goodbye.